Take us on a journey of the last show that you went to. Describe it for us. We went to the Greek Theater here in Berkeley, and we saw Jason Mraz. We took Friday off because uh, it was a Friday night concert. And my husband and I drove down from Northern California, El Dorado Hills, and we picked a couple great places to walk around and kind of shop and had some an early dinner and then got in line. And because I'm an online fan of Jason Mraz, I had a jump the line pass. So we got to go into an earlier line to get in. And I love the Greek theater just because it's kind of intimate. It's outside. So you, you're under the stars. And so anyways, we were waiting in line and they let us get in. And there's big cement steps that kind of graduate very high up. And we were able to sit in the second row, kind of in the center and we noticed to the right of us, there was a bunch of blocked off area. And we thought, oh, those are VIPs or this or that. And um, it, it kind of slowly filled in. And he had two different opening acts, which were great. And then Jason came on. And he's just a very loving, giving, peaceful person. And I have a quick, interesting side note. I actually met him before in person when he was first starting out. I used to work at Yahoo. And we would feature whenever we would put someone online with some sort of advertisement. We'd always make a little deal where they'd come to our cafeteria and play. And one of my girlfriends called me up and said, you have to come down. There's this great guy in the cafeteria today for lunch. And his name's Jason Mraz. I have his album. He's wonderful. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Never heard of him. Went down and took a picture with him. I'm like, hey, can we take a picture? He's like, sure. So we sat kind of in the front row, just in the cafeteria. And by the first song, he had me. <laughs> I was like, I love him. <laughs> I want to marry him. He's fabulous. He's much <laughs> nice. younger than me, but he just, oh, he's the voice of an angel and he's just wonderful. Just couldn't believe what was coming out of him. And it was just him and a guitar and it was fantastic. So became a huge fan. Anyways, so it was really neat to be at his first concert that I had, you know, the second time I've ever seen him live. And we enjoyed the night. It was just wonderful. He sang with the audience. He did a couple of covers off other people. And then midway through, he kind of took a break where, you know, all the instrumental starts and he introduces people in the band. And he actually snuck out into the middle of the Greek theater and was on the stage less than five feet to our right. So he was right there. It was blew us away. It was That's just pretty a, cool. What yeah. a treat. You know, we looked to our right. Woo. Hey, Jason, what's up? So... <laughs> He sang about four or five songs and and uh, then went back on the stage and had a great time. And because I know his music so well, my favorite song is Butterfly, which is very funky. Um, that was his last song. And I knew the song so well that I could tell my husband, okay, we can leave now while he was still singing. Because I knew it was his last song. And we would be like three-fourths of the way out and then right on the last kind of vocal part, there's a little bit more instrumental. I was like, okay, we can fully leave. And we made it out of the parking lot, got in the car, drove down the street, no traffic. It was wonderful. I'm taking a moment just imagining that I'm dancing with you. I'm your pole and all you're wearing is your shoes. You got so you know what to do to turn me on Until I write a song about you And you have your own engaging style And you've got the knack to vivify 
And you make my slacks a little tight You may unfasten them if you like That if you crash and spend the night But you don't fold, you don't fade You got everything you need Especially me Sister, you've got it all You make the call to make my day In your message, say my name Your talk is all the talk Sister, you've got it all Music Life Radio is not just about, you know, musicians making music. It's really about people. I mean, it's music and life. And we have Stacy with us here today, Stacy Soibelman. And you're an avid listener of music. I know you love music. You, we've shared lots of stories together about music. Mm-hmm. What does music mean to you, Stacy? Well, uh, music is a very powerful thing uh, that you carry throughout your life as your tastes change and... Um, I listen to it almost daily and appreciate a wide variety of music from very strange music all the way to, I hate to admit it, but, you know, Miley Cyrus, she actually has a couple of good songs. That might be blasphemy, but I'm not quite sure. <laughs> you had no idea explain I would to say me, that. <laughs> explain to me why Miley Cyrus, you know, I'm I'm sure there's some redeeming qualities or songs. Name a couple of them. Uh, well, probably the two that I'm enjoying right now, and it must be the teeny bopper in me still, is uh, Party in the USA, which I think is great. There's another song she actually sings on her show. Uh, she did with David Archuleta, who was uh, runner-up for an American Idol, and you can only hear it on YouTube. I want to know you, and it's great. <laughs> it's the cheerleader in me. It's just very uplifting and fun and dancey and stuff you, you know, take your hairbrush and sing around in your bedroom kind of song. Well, there's kind of a spirit to human existence, I guess, starting out in a fresh new world. Do you think that kind of applies to what her music is all about? Definitely. But it's also the big machine behind her of Disney, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. pumps out, you know, stars that probably shouldn't get the backing they do. But, um, you know, they sometimes have great writers and great you know, people who put the music together and her voice is not half bad. So she occasionally will get a really good hit. And I think it's been on number one on the charts now for a while, actually. Yeah, she's very popular. I'm not sure what the marketing mechanism is. It's probably just Disney in general. Definitely. They have a lot of money. So I was shocked and embarrassed to admit I like her. But I don't know if I necessarily like her. Her whole body of work is kind of, you know, suspect. But the two songs that are out that she does sing, I really do like them. They're good. Who who are the people out there that you would say don't get the recognition that they deserve and uh, you would like to hear more of? Bobby Long and Marcus Foster are wonderful. Um, you can find them on YouTube. They also have, you know, MySpace kind of stuff. Um, they are associated with the whole uh, Robert Pattinson Twilight thing because they were friends of his. Another good person uh, is Emily Wells. She's wonderful. Uh, kind of does a violin symphony sound and kind of haunting sounds. Uh, I like Imaging Heap and Fru Fru. Those are great, you know, band singers as well. And I love Jason Mraz. What really got you interested in music in the beginning? What influences did your parents have on you? What influences did you have from school? Well, my parents grew up uh, their teenage years in the 60s. So you kind of either went flower child hippie music or you were more into uh, American bandstand like the Jacksons and all those kind of that funk music and they were more, way more funky. So I grew up with definite love for, you know, a lot of bass and dance music, 
just love it. It just moves you. And in high school, um, I was fortunate enough to have <laughs> the great music of the 80s, which I love, Duran Duran, Depeche Mode, all that kind of stuff. And I was a cheerleader in high school, and we danced to all kinds of music like that. It was a great time to grow up. Very techno, very poppy, very you know, craft work and just strange stuff, which actually kind of grew my interest in Cake, which is a more relevant band for today. I love Cake. They're great. Sacramento-based band, I think. Sacramento-based band. Yeah, they're wonderful. Just, again, that kind of odd, quirky, kind of funky. I love it. What is a good story related around music that you might have from your high school days? (laughs) Well, um, I dated this guy named Paul Mason in high school, and one thing that pops out in my mind is at a high school dance, he was mad at me for some reason, but that song by Bon Jovi came on, um, You Give Love a Bad Name, and he was like, basically mouthing, lip syncing it to yeah. me. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> laughing with my friends going, he's crazy. <laughs> also just, yeah, just different high school dances and songs with friends. We used to lip sync like we were on MTV, you know, at parties all the time before it, YouTube came out and the internet came out and all of that stuff. So we just, we just had fun with music. It's a way of bringing people together. So that's kind of getting back to my root question. What does music mean to you? And it is a way of bringing people together. Anything else? Yeah, um, it's it makes me feel things. It makes me feel really good. You know, in a world that you get in your car, you go to work, you do your job, you come home, you make dinner, you know, you relax a little bit, maybe read or take a walk and then go to bed and start it all over again. It kind of breaks up the monotony and, and we can kind of become a little numb culturally in America. Um, So it charges my engines. Any type of song that, you know, I put on my iPod that I listen to, it just makes you feel however you want to feel. Like sometimes when I'm painting or something creative, I'll have some, you know, just relaxing, soothing music on. Or if I'm in the car and I'm trying to wake up in the morning, instead of having coffee, I'll turn on some dancey fun song and dance all the way to work in the car. (laughs) People must think I'm crazy. Or, you know, it's a great way to clean the house. You just crank the music and go for it. And before you know it, two hours is done and you feel like you got in a a workout and your house is clean. So it's it's a part of life. I have to live with music in my life or um, it would be very sad. If you were stranded on a desert island and you had a jukebox or a, a, a boombox, I guess I should say, with three CDs, what would that be? Probably Evanescence. Their first album was amazing. Every single song on there I love, which I can listen to over and over and over. Can you describe why you liked it? It's very haunting, but also very almost rocker and then spiritual in a way. Um, I believe they were started off as a Christian band, but she's just, her voice is fabulous, and the music is very good. It's very powerful. You just feel it. For everyone, this is kind of a metal band with a female singer, pretty heavy-duty rhythm section. What would you say is your favorite song? I like Tourniquet. A lot of it is the music in it. It's just something about the beat of it. You just feel it in your soul.
I mean, I've been a big fan of, like, Nirvana, for example, and uh, I don't know what he's saying half the time, but I can somehow relate to the the empathy or the passion of what's going on. Cobain was definitely taken from us too quickly. It's just like Lane Staley, who was taken from us. One of my favorite songs in the world is Wood. Yes. Um Ah, oh, just his voice just kills me. In fact, I have it on my favorites on YouTube. I watch it all the time. The MTV Unplugged version of it is to die for. That is an extremely powerful album that they put out, the Alice in Chains. That is an album that will, um, some of those songs will make me actually cry. I mean, yeah. I love them that much. They're that They're intense. That powerful. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. The next uh, album would probably be Michael Jackson's Greatest Hits. Um, just because he just makes me want to dance. He always has. I've always been fascinated by him ever since I was little. And he's just a, a true artist in all sense. He can dance. He can sing. He can write. It just He's amazing. And I, it never gets old. I don't get bored with it at all. Um, and then, gosh, it would be a toss-up between probably Celine Dion's greatest hits or Jason Mraz right now. And just because... I love their voice. They can sing a cappella without any music, and it would make me cry. It's just emotion-filled, from the heart, wonderful. Oh, gosh. But I like Jagged Little Pill, too. <laughs> that album by Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette. Every That's single song album, huh? on that album was fantastic. It's amazing. And Kelly Clarkson's first album was amazing. It's almost like their first albums are so great, they'll never attain it again. I have a theory on first albums, and it has to do with you've worked in your entire life to build this repertoire of music, and you blow it on your first album. I wouldn't say blow it, but that is your culmination of everything that you've ever experienced in your entire life. And man, it is hard to do a a follow-up. But there are exceptions, such as Dave Matthews, which has a new album out right now, um, which is the Big Whiskey, Groot Crux King and the best song he's ever made in his life is on that. I think it's like their seventh album. It's yeah. called Shake Me Like a Monkey. And woo, does that song get down? That's cool. <laughs> I <Yeah>. love it. <laughs> For me, Rush came out with an album not probably five years ago. I think it was called Vapor Trails. And they had this song called Earth Shines. And it's kind of about the environment. And then they just got back to this raw, kick-ass rock sound. And it blew my brains. It was like, wow, this is really good. Better than some of their early oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I would say that was like my favorite song.
you know, so a lot of times you'll follow a band for a long time saying, oh, like Pearl Jam's first album was kick ass and they just, you know, created all these things in between. But it's really cool when you can say, wow, they've created something that's as equally cool or even better than what they came up with to begin with. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's magic when you get that. And, you know, for certain people, it's probably on a different album their favorite thing was. And that's what's so great is music is very individual. And, I mean, you know, everybody has their favorites. And I think a lot of times bands are going through lots of different changes as well. Uh, For me, social distortion has always been a favorite of mine. And when their solid rhythm guitar player died... That was like a very haunting period, and you because nobody was like, "Oh, the rhythm guitar player who who cares about that?" But that really affected the the main lead singer uh, quite a bit. And then for him to come out with an album that actually just really kicks some ass after that, and he dedicated it to his guitar player, was just amazing. It was very cool. Yeah, a death or injury or even fighting can definitely rip a band apart, and they'll never sometimes sound the same again. Sometimes it's necessary, though, I think. Sometimes uh, bands get into a a stalemate situation, and you need to shake them up. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, very true. So you're married to Callan, and is there any kind of musical ties between the two of you? You guys must like some of the same music. Ooh, that's tough. Probably Dave Matthews would be our our tie-in with each other. We both like Dave. Um, He, I don't know, he listens to a lot of things... I don't. Like what? What's an example? It will, he wouldn't listen to Miley Cyrus, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although sometimes I try to sneak it in on him. When you're at home, um, just chilling out, do you listen to music individually? Do you listen to it together? Is there anything that you guys share in common? Individually, I would yeah. say, is how we listen to music. I think I like a broader range. He grew up kind of the 80s rock, glam rock kind of thing. And yeah, I'm not too into like poison. When you go out to concerts, what do you guys um, like to go see? Uh, The last one we went to, well, we went to Prince, um, which was wonderful. We just saw Jason Mraz at the Greek Theater here in Berkeley. What did you think about Prince when you went and saw him? I mean, I'm not really a big Prince fan, but I'd have to say he puts on a hell of a show. It was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. Um, Just so much electricity in the, how much electricity can you create in a room with, what, 20 thousand people or however many people went i don't know it was crazy there's one song he did that was it took my breath away and it was just him and an acoustic guitar he sang little red corvette yeah you could hear a pin drop in that stadium oh it was heavenly and you you can't find it anywhere that's cool um for some reason i like raspberry beret i don't know why i do too i like that song it's just catchy yeah
Well, what's interesting is when you don't really listen to an artist, but you like one song of theirs. Yeah. Like for me, B-52s don't like them at all, but yeah. I love yeah. their song, Rome, and I'll listen to it on repeat. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but I love it. Same thing with the Beatles. Very, very good. A lot of their you know, music is kind of the same, just different lyrics, words, different speeds and whatnot. But eight days a week, brilliant. I could listen to it a million times. As a consumer of music, what triggers you into wanting to purchase or listen to a new band? Right now, in this day and age, I, I have to say, I do listen to YouTube quite a bit. And because they always have, you know, people that are nobodies to people that are actually trying to break into the business to people who are already super famous. And so it's kind of a online MTV, if you will. Because nowadays MTV seems to be about shows and less about videos and new music. And so it's a really great way to hear about new music that isn't just in our own backyard. It could be in London or, you know, South Africa, different places. So I tend to listen to a lot of stuff on there and other suggestions will come up that are similar and it just gets snowballs and, you know, you can find four or five people that you really like in one day and then you can go online, iTunes and download and there you go. And you don't even have to buy a whole album. You can buy one song or just a few. Do you like the idea of just being able to buy one song as opposed to an entire album? I love it. If you have the time, it makes sense because your iPod, you know, the smallest uh, memory on an iPod holds about 2,500 songs. And I actually sat down for three or four days straight once and said I like track two, track four, and track seven, and I burned or yeah. downloaded every single song off all the albums I had of what I love. And now I can be very selective and not have to purchase a full album that I might not like. What do you think about the idea of artists that really like to try to put together uh, an experience for their listener? It's kind of the album experience. Uh, we're, we're kind of beyond that point. I guess we just have to wake up and realize that it's a different world, maybe. Yes. Think? Well, yeah. I, I do think there are true, uh, you know, music aficionados that just have to have the whole album. Yeah. Because a lot of times they will offer separate tracks you cannot buy online. And I get that. Or nowadays they have digital art or all kinds of other yeah. fun things. But I, I like the idea of, of, you know, if I, like an artist comes out that I love and I listen to the CD and really I only like two or three songs and I can kind of tell after two listens, honestly, two listens, I can know if I love the song or not. And if I don't love it, I don't get it. Because why? <laughs> Flame Lips came out with a CD a while back. Four CDs, and you had to play it on four different playing devices, and that was their experience. What do you think about stuff like that? Wow, it sounds really kind of complicated. <laughs> it's pretty complicated. <laughs> I, I'd agree. I think most people are like, what? You know, I think if uh, you're not too plugged into TV, working out, reading, having extracurricular activities, or a hobby, why not? <laughs> if you've got the time. <laughs> When is the best time that you like to listen to music? In the car. When you're driving, commuting to different places? Yeah, I like to be kind of distracted. I don't know, though. I mean, that says something, too, where it's we almost don't have a world with silence anymore. Um, very few times I can really kind of think about now that I'm kind of quiet. I'm either reading an email or, you know, I'm always doing something. And um, and even though I'm driving, I, I don't know. 
I guess it's the only time I really can listen to music where you can focus on it and get into it. Yeah. Yeah. What does that say about solitude? Are we getting away from that concept or? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of noise out there in our world with neighbors and cars and dogs and TVs or, you know, radios, whatever's going on, blenders, um, that we, we don't really have silence anymore. And maybe that's kind of a white noise that people choose to play music. For me, music actually allows me to get into a mood where I can focus. Finally, I can focus on something besides stuff that's going on the outside. Do you find that for you? Definitely. And I think that's why they do use it in meditation or getting massages. There's music, anything peaceful. Um, You know, if you're doing yoga or something, they always have wonderful music on. Or Music is, I don't know, I think it's something that is not fully understood yet. You know, they say that it's very mathematical and it's very, has a lot of influence on our consciousness and um, our brain waves or who knows. I mean, we only use 10% of our brain. Who knows how it really, it, it has to affect us more than what we actually know. It would be interesting. I'm sure there's studies out there that people are trying to connect. Why did you never play an instrument? Well, I thought about it and it seems like it would take a lot of work because the only instrument I would really, really want to play would be a violin. <laughs> and I'm 39, so to start this late, I just don't know. It would take a lot of time and dedication. and So no instrument for you, but you are a super fan. What are some of your other favorite songs and artists? No, I'm just kind of scrolling through some of the music, and it's funny. I've got stuff like Styx and Sublime and Teddy Geiger and... A lot of songs from High School Musical. Again, embarrassing, but I don't care. (laughs) I love them. ACDC. I do have to give a shout out to Rob Pattinson, who's an actor, but he started off singing first. He's got some great, great songs that you can't buy. They're not on albums. Just people filming him or or taping him while he was playing in either, I guess, New York or Los Angeles or even London bars. He's a great, great singer, great musician. Um, you know, Queen, Rascal Flats. I just, it's nuts. I've got crazy stuff. Queen is a pretty amazing band. Yeah, they are. Portishead. Yeah, that's good. And I love a whole plethora of uh, country music as well. Another little guilty pleasure is yeah. I'm really liking Glee on TV. What is Glee? Explain <laughs> that. Glee is about a high school Glee team, um, and they basically have different various uh, characters that go through high school with different issues and problems. And they're supposed to be this eclectic group of nerds that can really sing actually. And they get some of the football players involved, some of the cheerleaders involved and they have, you know, songs and sing offs and all kinds of other stuff. But it's a great music, um, I guess, show that's on right now. And I don't know, I TiVo it and watch it every once in a while. They're really talented. They do a lot of remakes, a lot of covers, but, Really good. Paolo Nuntini right now is one of my favorites. And he's from Scotland. Huh. But he had an Italian father, so his name Nutini, Italian. Um, and he sounds like he's probably 80, but he's not. Like no. bluesy, guttural, mm. very uh, raw, gotcha. yeah. sexy. But he's like 22. Or maybe a really someone who's smoked a really long time. Yeah. His voice is not very smooth, but it's, it's good. Well, thanks, Stacy, for being on Music Life Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. 
That was Stacy Soibelman, the super fan. You've been listening to Music Life Radio. I'm your host, Dan Sauter. We're going to go out with a song by Paolo Nutini. This song's called Coming Up Easy. Thanks for checking us out, and see you next time. Sunday morning, got the hazy, hazy jeans. I turn to you and inhale you where you lay. You go wander through the garden to await the long, long day. And then go for a while on a violet flower bed. Oh, you kiss my lips again and again and again And then again and then We would watch the sun coming up easy While the rain came tumbling down And it washed our bodies so clean That we could see them rise up or off of the cold, cold ground It's a shame The way it seems to go Cause now my best friend My partner in crime I'm afraid it looks like We're gonna have to go our separate ways You see the thing is I love you I love you But you see I resent you all the same All my other friends there Just saying you're slowing me down Oh, but I should have known You'd turn to me and say Before you throw too much of me away Don't you remember seeing the sun Coming up easy While the rain came tumbling down And it washed our bodies so clean That we See them rise up or off of the cold, cold ground You see the sun coming up easy While the rain came tumbling down oh, And it washed our bodies so clean That we could feel them rise up off of the cold, cold ground Wasn't love I was created And the love is how I hope I die oh, I, Yeah, it wasn't love I was created And the love is how I hope I die Oh, I, Yeah, it wasn't 